Okay, here we go. Thanks for coming out. Uh, this is going to be a life changer for some of you this week. Uh, this is week two of the series that we started last week called Having the Time of Your Life. Now, if you weren't with us last week and you'd like to catch up, or maybe you were and you'd like to review or you'd like to share that with somebody else, uh, you can do that because we have the free podcasts available. Here's our website. If you bring the background down so they can... Yeah, read that. GunnisonBethany.com. All the podcasts are there. Or if you search for us on iTunes, you'll find them there as well. Um, This message will be up there and we'll have the whole series for you. But last week, we talked about making, taking three action steps in order to help us get started on having the time of our life. Now, today, we're going to build on that. You may recall that last week we said that the only thing that Jesus wants to take from you is that which is separating you from Him. The thing that is separating you from having the time of your life. So that's what we're going to talk about today. You have a chain. You have a chain. Now the reason you have a chain is not simply because I want you to have an experience today that is off the chain. It is because, I'm only partially kidding. Um, What I'd like you to imagine is that one end of this chain is attached deep inside you to your heart of hearts. And the other end of the chain is attached to some element of your past. Of your past. The part of your past that you wish wasn't there. This might be something you've done. It could be a moment of time. It could be a pattern of behavior. This could be something you've done, something that was done to you. Or a tremendous loss that you've experienced. But this is the thing that you wish wasn't there from your past. Right? This is the thing that if you went on a job interview, or if you're younger and you were on a a blind date and somebody says, "Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, this is the part you leave out. Right? In fact, if you were a writer, you could re-script your life. This is the part you would edit out, right? You would remove whatever this thing is from the other end of your chain. And imagine how your life would be after you remove that, right? Wouldn't it be more free? It would be more joyful. It would be full of love and freedom in a way that you hadn't experienced. In fact, can you even imagine what that's like? To remove that thing, what would it be like to remove that part of your past that has defined you, that has limited you? What would it be like? It's hard to imagine. Because it exerts so much influence, doesn't it? It controls how you think about yourself. It controls how you think about others, how you think about God, how you speak to yourself. I know you talk to yourself. We all do. We play these, these messages, right? And this affects what those messages say whether they're discouraging, encouraging, positive, negative, how you love, how you don't love, how you relate, how you don't relate, the shame that you feel, your self-image, the way you view the world, the way you view your your future. It's all what's on the other end of this chain. It's all one what's on the other end of this chain. So we have bad news and we have good news. First, the bad news. The bad news is your past has a power that is exerting influence over your present and will compromise your future. Your past has a power over your present and is diminishing your future. Here's the good news. And the good news is better than the bad news is bad. And that's great. 
is that Jesus knows this. And that's why he came to rescue people like me, people like you, people with a past. That's right. And he's made a way. And his agenda is not to blame you for what's on the other end of your chain, but to remove it. And that's what we're talking about this morning. And that's why it's exciting. He's done it before in the lives of so many people. He will do it again today for many of you. Now, I've been here at Bethany for about 10 years. And just in the time that I've been here, here's a short list, a sample of some of the things that he has set me free from and some of our friends here free from. And he will do it again for you. Here's a short list. Alcoholism, drug addiction, cutting, eating disorders, self-loathing, suicidal thoughts, sexual sin or abuse, multi-generational abuse, porn, adultery, abortion, divorce, stealing, eating kale, and wearing yoga pants as pants. Those last two to make sure you're listening. You were. Thank you. He's done it before. None of this is beyond his reach or beyond his power. And what I want you to know is that no matter what's on the end of your chain, you are in good company. And you're with a good Savior. And it's great. I'd ask you to name what's on the end. I'd ask you to name what's on the end of your chain. What do you think it is? And I'm not asking to out you. So I'm not asking that you, that you do it in a way that, that anybody other than you and God knows. Now, if you're a kid, we're going to give you a chance to start your worksheet. We have a, it says out with the old and with the new. We have a smiley face and we have a sad face. We're going to start on the sad side. You see this chain, I want you to write names or, or draw pictures that are related to the things that have made you the saddest that you've done in your past or that have happened to you. Things that have made your parents the saddest. Things that have made God's the saddest. You can draw those right there. It only gets better. So we're going to go. Now in order to do this, we have to press on. We're back with the adults. If you don't want your past to become your present, to shape your future, the good news is Jesus has made a way that it doesn't have to be. But to do that, we've got to make three decisions. We've got to make three decisions. We're going to get to them in just a second. Now, the Apostle Paul is like the poster boy for moving from a horrific past into a glorious future. You see, the Apostle Paul used to kidnap and persecute and torture and murder those people who followed Jesus. But then he had a radical life change because he came face to face with the risen Christ. And that so rocked his world that he went on to become like this uber follower of Jesus, wrote much of the New Testament, and actually died for his belief rather than deny Christ. So he has given us a sentence. He has given us a prescription for how to turn a painful, regrettable past into a fantastic future. And that's what we're going to look at and get our three decisions from. Here it is. Take a look. He says, therefore, if... What's that word? Say with me. Anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And this is a great promise. This is the great promise. And it's for you. It's for you. It leads to decision number one. And here it is. Take a look your past. You got to own your past. Now, to 
Did you remember? This is, therefore, if anyone, do you remember it said anyone? That means you're included in this. I'm included in this. Not just some people, any people. Not just religious people, not just moral people, not just good people, not just church people, not just gluten-free people. All the people! All people, anyone. That means we're included. We're included. That's right. So we got to own our past. We got to own our past. In fact, there's something I want you to say with me so we remember this. Say this. If you've blown it, own it. That's right. We've we blown it. We got to own this thing. Right? I mean, we spend so much of our lives trying to deny it, hide it, justify it. No, man. We got a past. And that's good news because Jesus only came for people who have a past. If you don't think you got one, then you don't need him. And if you don't need him, you don't need life and you don't need love because that's what he's about. And you don't need freedom. But we do have a past. In fact, if you have a past, you have stumbled into the right church. Because every single one of us is a train wreck who's in recovery because Jesus has loved us ridiculously. You say, even you, Pastor Tom, with all your pastor superpowers? <laughs> like, especially me. Especially me. I'm the lead repenter. I'm the lead broken guy who's getting put back together. Right? That's why they let me stand up front. And you do what I do. Just run to him. Run to him. That's what we're going to do. So if you've got a past, you're in great company. But we need to own that. We need to own that. This is why. This is the very reason that Jesus came to rescue you and me. Is, is to help set us free from our past, break away from life's worst moments, and connect to Him so we can have the time of our lives. Okay, now, we don't, I said, we don't... Um, Deny it. We don't hide it. We don't justify it. We don't embrace it. I like when I spend a little time on this. Why do you emphasize embrace it, Tom? Because, listen, this thing has just blown up. On like social media, Facebook posts. This thing has gone viral in Twitter feeds. And, and see if you haven't posted this or at least seen it. Here's, here's what I'm talking about embracing your past. It goes like this. I don't regret my past because it's made me the person that I am today. Now, if you don't think much and you just look at it at face value, it seems kind of legit, doesn't it? But then you get under the surface, and here I'm thinking, like, unless you're Jesus, like the person you are today is the problem. I know that's true of me. So who do you figure said this? With some great spiritual mind, right? Some, right? Who said this? Do you know? I'm about to tell you. J-Lo! J-Lo said it! Now, I'm not knocking J-Lo. Please get me. I have watched Selena and Made in Manhattan at least 17 times on the couch with my daughter. Now, don't laugh. It beats sisterhood of the traveling whatever you got. Right? But that's what a dad does. And I have patterned most of my sick dance skills after Jenny from the block. But I am not asking her for the secrets of the universe and of life. And I don't suggest you do either. Okay, take that down. Take that down. So we don't embrace our past. I, I don't regret anything. It's made me into the person I have to... If the person you are today is what you're going to settle for, don't. 
Jesus has so much more. You were created for so much more. Another thing before we get on owning our past is that we don't resign ourselves to our past. What does that mean? It means give up. And we tend to do this, right? See if you haven't said this about one area of your life or another. I've already blown it, so I might as well blank. I've already had one piece of cake. I might as well have the whole cake. I've already messed up sexually. I might as well just stop trying. I've already blown it in this addiction. I might as well. Whatever it is, don't do that. We don't own our past so we can accommodate it. We don't own our past. We own our past so we can make decision number two. And before we get to that, kids, we're going to leave the sad parts. We're going to get to the happy parts. Um, top and bottom chain, and you got a happy chain. Okay, those, I'd like you to connect with a picture of Jesus and you together. Connecting those three chains right there. Okay, we'll move on. We've got to get back to our Scripture to get decision number two. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has what? Passed away. That's good news. Behold, the new has come. That's right. If you want your past to be passed and to break off the end of your chain, you've got you to make decision number two. We don't just own it. We're going to decision two to give your past to Jesus. He said, I don't need to do that. I just need to get over it. I just need to put it behind me. I just need some time to, to get past it. Well, welcome to a, uh, a series we like to call Dumb Lies Smart People Believe. This is number 102. Time heals all wounds. I'm not calling you stupid. This is, this is the dumb lie. Time heals all wounds. Well, like most lies, it has little bits of truth in it, right? It, this is true for scrapes and bumps on your outside. But for patterns of sin and regret and wounds that are deep in your heart, on your inside, how's that going for you? It doesn't work. You know what time does for those internal wounds of sin and abuse and things that have been done to you and losses you've experienced? They turn you hard. They turn you cold. They make you cautious when you should be loving, when you should be out, you should be free. They diminish your love, they diminish your joy. Time does not heal all wounds. We want to turn our wounds, our hurts, our sin over to Jesus Christ. That's what we want to do. Now, otherwise, you end up repeating your past in the present and you make a pattern for your future. Now, some of you are already Jesus followers. Dial in with me. The reason that some of you um, are struggling with this and have not released your past to Jesus, um, let's be honest, is because you like it. Some of us like the sin of our past. And so we try to live our new life in Him and our old life in the flesh at the same time. And this is why faith is not working for you. This is why your hope and your joy is fragile. This is why life feels like you have a foot in two opposite kingdoms and they're just separating. Because you do. And, and, and look, I know about this because I've tried it many times. You can't live your old life and the new life He has for you at the same time. You can't even enjoy either one. You'd be better off not even trying. But come over to the new life side and decide that the love affair you have with your past sin is going to end. You're going to break up with it when you give it to Jesus. That's, that's the promise. That's what we 
call repentance in the church. Repentance is a, is a theological term, but you know what it means? It means turning from one thing that is destroying us into the other thing that is giving us life. So, so if it's a pattern of behavior, if it's a sin, if it's an addiction, whatever that is, we're going to turn from that. We're going to turn to forgiveness. We're going to turn to Jesus. We're going to get restored. And we know that's true because His Word says if we confess our sins, if we just turn, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from, there's that word again, all unrighteousness. So if you know forgiveness and restoration and love and welcome home is on the other side of that door, why wouldn't you run to it all the time? I would. I do. I need to. So maybe it's not sin. Maybe it's hurt. Maybe it's something somebody has done to you. Maybe it's a great loss that you've experienced. Then you're going to turn from that thing. That doesn't mean it hasn't happened. That means your focus and, the, and your ability, that, that thing's ability to control and to find, you're going to turn from it. And you're going to turn to healing. You're going to turn to your healer. And we know he'll do that. Uh, yeah, there we go. But he was wounded. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement, the punishment that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. That is the promise. That is the great thing. You know, every time you and I hit our knees or in our hearts and we just say, God, I'm turning away from this. I'm sorry. Do you know there's always healing? There's always forgiveness. There's always restoration. The Bible says his kindness, his great love is what leads us to repentance. If we knew what was on the other side of that, we would run all the time. There's always a welcome home. There's always a restoration. There's always forgiveness. There's always healing. And that's what he promises. So that's what he's going to do. When we offer Jesus our sin, you know what he does with it? Two things. He takes it and he kills it. He kills it. That's right. Now, you remember we said in that verse, we, we repeated passed away. Do you know what that is? You know what passed away means? It means died. We use that like in polite conversation. Like if you're, if you're like talking to family members or friends and you don't want to say, Aunt Mabel died, you say, Aunt Mabel passed away. Unfortunately, so suddenly. Because it's, we think it's nicer than saying, Aunt Mabel croaked. <laughs> you know, Aunt Mabel kicked the bucket. Aunt Mabel choked on a nerd's rope. You know, <laughs> you know, whatever it was. Look, if you're an Aunt Mabel or you have an Aunt Mabel, I'm sorry. That was just an example. I would avoid nerd ropes anyway, just, just saying. But that's just an example. Look, your past, it needs to die. So give your past to Jesus. He'll take it off you and put it on Himself. He puts it on Himself so He can remove its power to destroy you by allowing it to destroy Him. That's what the whole cross is about. That's what His sacrifice is about. He came for people with a past. He died for people with a past. That's you. That's me. He put our past, our sins, our hurts, our regrets on Him and allowed it to destroy Him rather than to have the power to destroy us. That's what happens when we give our, our past what's on the end of your chain to Jesus. He takes that thing that you wish was not true of you and He walks up and He says, Give it to me. I'll, I'll make that true of me instead as your substitute. And do you know the penalty of that is that's treason against God and the penalty of that is you get your life extinguished. He said, 
I got that. I'll, I'll take that on myself. God came to absorb the penalty of God because of the love of God for you, right? That's amazing. He says, I'll die for that, for you. That's what he does. That's what he does. That is amazing. Do you ever, have you ever heard of the phrase double jeopardy? That is not binge watching the Alex Trebek game show. Uh, I don't recommend that at all. Um, Double jeopardy is a legal term, which means if you're brought up on legal charges, right, you can't be tried for the same crime twice if it has already gone to a judge and you've been guilty or declared guilty or innocent. You can't be tried again for that that crime. Now, that is not... um, was not invented in uh, the Fifth Amendment of our Constitution, although you will find it there. God invented double jeopardy. Jesus invented double jeopardy. You can't be tried for a crime that he has taken on himself and willingly been convicted of, willingly been executed for. Because that is true, when you give your sin to Jesus, then he takes it on himself and he puts himself to death for you are free forever. So when the accusation comes that you have done this and you have done that and you, you are not good enough for God's love or you are not good enough for the or you have disqualified yourself for all the best in life, you just say, yeah, okay, go see Jesus about that. Because He took it on Himself. He paid the penalty and He set you free. And you can't be charged again. That's what that means. And this is what this scripture means. But God shows His love for us. That while we were still sinners, while we were people with a past, while we had something horrible on the end of this chain, Christ died for us. Which means when I was at my worst, when you were at your worst, God loved you best. And that never changes. He loves you best right now. Just the way you are. He just loves you too much to want you to stay that way. He's got a better plan. And He is for you. He is not against you. So give Him your past. What happens when you do? Only Jesus can remove your past power. So it won't hurt you anymore, shame you anymore, accuse you anymore, control you anymore, limit you anymore, or define you anymore. You are not blank. You are not the person who does this or did this or had this done to them. You are a child of the Most High God who looks at you and says... You are spotless. You're my daughter. You're my son. You are washed clean. You say, but, but, but. I got it. It's on me. It's not on you. That's what happens. And when these accusations come, and they will, they will try to hurt you, shame you, accuse you, control, even after you've given it to them, you just keep giving it back to Jesus until they lose all their power. If you have to do that a thousand times a day, you just keep giving them back. And you'll notice that they come around less and less frequently. And when they do, you've got so much new life, you don't have room for that. You don't have room for that. That's what it looks like. Isn't that what you want? To be free like that? Not be hurt anymore by our past? Shamed, accused, controls, limited, defined? That's what I want. But to do that, we've got to give our past away. And that leads us to the third decision we've got to make. But before we do, kids, we're on the happy section. If you see the happy face and the chain underneath that, any words, any pictures, that is the best things that Jesus wants for you and from you. Anything in that, that's what you want to connect to that chain. So we go back. We've got to make decision number three, but we've got, re- we got to review number one and two. Number one, we've got to own it. 
Right? We're going to own our past. Number two, we've got to give it. We've got to give it all to Jesus because that's, that's what He wants. You want to give Him a precious gift? Give Him your junk because you're the precious gift and He wants you free and forgiven. Okay? Number three, let's go back to our scripture. It's right there. Therefore, if anyone in, is in Christ, he is a, she is, well, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Decision number three, we have to receive new life from Jesus. We have to receive this. Any gift I can offer you doesn't become yours until you reach out and you receive it. You take it from me. Jesus offers it to you. He doesn't force it down your throat. Which means we have to get to the point where we make a decision that we want this new life more than we want our old life. Right? And the new life He offers is exactly that. It's new. It is spotless. It is bulletproof. Right? This is not a renovated fixer-upper paint slapped on over your old life. Now, as good as self-help is, as good as TED Talks are, as good as all that stuff is, all that can do is help you manage your old life better. The only person who can give you new life is Jesus Christ. And that's what he offers. And he's the only one who can. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And in this life, there are some strict house rules. And I can hear some of you groaning on the inside. I know it. Can't go to church. That's what it's about. It's all rules. Got to keep the rules. Listen, that's how you think of religion, right? This ain't religion. This is a relationship with Jesus Christ. I am not interested in you becoming a religious person. I am interested in you knowing how crazy in love Jesus is with you. And in response to that, you loving him back. Okay, if that makes you look like a church person, good. If it doesn't, good. And we're here to encourage that. Okay? Here's the house rules. See if you can live with them. There is no condemnation allowed, only grace. There is no shame allowed, only love. There is no despair allowed, only hope. There is no anxiety allowed, only trust. You think you can live with those house rules? I do. That's what relationship means. And if we understood this with relation to God... And we understood this with relation to other people. All the rules would take care of themselves anyway. That's what he said. You're going to love me. You're going to love other people. All the law and the prophet just depend on these two. It's very simple, really. Do you think you can handle these rules? Look at this new life. I want, to, I want to just be clear with you. It begins all at once. But it doesn't complete all at once. It flourishes. It grows. It emerges over time. Moment to moment, day to day, it gets more and more life to it. It gets bigger. It's what the Bible calls progressive sanctification or in theological circles. Here's what it means. It means as you and I take step by step in walking with Jesus and pressing into Him and pressing into His Word and His, His presence and His people and we become saturated with His Spirit, we become overwhelmed with His nearness and His love, then we begin to experience moment to moment, day to day, ever-increasing love, ever-increasing joy, ever-increasing freedom, ever-increasing peace. And as that new life blossoms, your old life is ever-decreasing accusation, ever-decreasing condemnation, ever-decreasing those appetites, those addictions, those patterns. They start to wither away because your old life gets crowded out by your new life. That's how it happens. It's not all at once. Although God sees you all at once in the fullness of that, our, our life is, is, is 
growing in that until ultimately we are swallowed up in His love and His grace and His mercy. The other choice is ever-increasing death and you're swallowed up in death. that, that, That is not a good option. Ever increasing life, swallowed up in life, that's what he offers. And it starts right now. It starts right now. We got to make this our prayer. We got to say, Jesus, help me receive this new life that you rose to give me, that, that lasts forever with you, and it starts right now and just keeps getting better. That's what I want. That's what I want. But in order to do that, We've got to go back to this. Therefore, if anyone is, say those two words with me, in Christ. He's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That is the only criteria, that is the only requirement that you be in Him. Him who did everything, you just release. You just surrender. Just get in Him. Just get into Him. Let Him come into you. That if you are in Christ, all this is yours. Look, if you're in Christ... It's not too late for you to start again. You're never too old to be made new. You're not too dirty to be made clean. You're never too broken beyond repair. You're never too far away to come home. And it's never too late for another chance. See, um, did you see Sandlot? There's this movie that's been out for a while. Yeah, this was my childhood. Um, I grew up on Long Island. We used to reenact the greatest uh, moments in baseball history. And I always loved being the, the batter, right? We would get in the street and stop the traffic, or, you know, and, and we would do this and we'd do the play-by-play. We would always, like, pretend we were Yankees or Mets, usually Yankees, because they were better. And, you know, it's, it's the whole series and the Yankees are down by three and the bases are loaded, but up comes, you know, two outs. And up comes Mr. October, Richie Jackson, the crowd goes wild. <laughs> And I get to be Reggie Jackson. And then, and then here comes the pitch. And you get your friend to pitch it. And invariably, invariably, I would whiff. Right? So we had to, what? What were, you, what were the two words we would say? Oh, do over! Do over! Now, now adults who play golf, they've gotten like a, like a, a more sophisticated, they call it a mulligan. Right? But as kids... I think, I think we were on to something with a do-over. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's what God knew we needed all along. But think about this. If I was given a do-over and I was the same guy, more than likely I'm going to do it over pretty much the same as I've done it before. My life is proof of that. But if I'm made new when I'm given a do-over... And it's not me doing it, but Christ in me because I'm in Him. Then I've got hope. Do-overs are possible. Do-overs are Jesus' specialty. That's why He came. That's why He lived for you. That's why He died for you. That's why He rose for you. That's why He drew you here to hear this message on a weekend when you could be doing other things so that you could know you could have a do-over and a new life. Is that what you want? If that is, then, then we have to make these three decisions. We have to own it. We have to give it. 
We have to receive it. We have to own our past so that we can give it completely to Jesus. So that we receive the new life that he died to give us. Now let's enter into a a spirit of prayer. Um, If we could bring the lights down. Just bow your head, close your eyes. And I encourage you to do that because this is a time where it's not about the people who are around you. It's not about me. It's about you. It's about what God is laying on your heart and you responding to him because that's what the connection needs to be. So God, right now I pray for my friends that you would speak to their hearts, your spirit would speak to their hearts just as you're speaking to me now. Lord, I believe that you have. I believe that you will. And my friends, just, just in this spirit of prayer, if you would say, you know, I haven't, haven't really owned my, my past. I've, I've accommodated it. I've uh, justified it. But I want to own it. I want to own it, not so I can keep it, but so that I can give it to Jesus. And, and right now I want to not just own my past. I just, I want to give it away. I want to, I want to disconnect it. And Lord, you're the only one who can do it. So, so would you take those worst moments and, and yes, put them on yourself because that's the only way I can be free because you died. I don't want to keep this love affair where I'm two-timing you with my old life. And, and, and if some of us are honest, we're going we're gonna to say that's, that's how we roll. That's how we've been doing it. I want to be free of that, Lord. So right now, the, the prayer of my heart is, Lord, help me own my past and help me give my past entirely to you. And if that's what you want to do, if that's those two first two promises, that's, that's what you're about. That's what God is pressing on you. I just encourage you to slip your hand up. I just want to pray for you. Just in the quietest moment, reach your hand up to heaven. God bless you, my friend. You too. You too. Back there. Yes, in the back. I see you, man. Good for you. All right. We're getting free. We're getting free. Let me pray for you, Lord. For those whose, whose hands are raised, those whose hearts are raised, Lord, we want to own. We want to own our past. Not so we can keep it. Not so we can enjoy it. Not so we can rehash it. But so we can give it entirely to you. Lord, to take it. And we know that you do. We know that you accept it. We know that you came to do that. We know that you're going to remove its power to define us and control us because you died for us, Lord, so that we could be forgiven and free. And Lord, every time those, those, those accusations come and say, this is yours, this is yours, no, I'm going to say, this is yours, Lord. And you took it from me. And I am free. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Still praying. My friends, there, there are some of you here um, you have been skirting around the outside edges of this um, of this relationship with Jesus for a long time. You've got part of the story. You've you visited church. Um, you have uh, learned things, but to be in a face to face, heart to heart, deep love saving relationship with Jesus Christ, you would say no. I've never invited him in. I've never received this gift of new life. That's what I want. That's what I need. And, and I want to be free. I want to, I want to receive this new life. I don't want to make the best of my old life. I've had enough of that. I want this life that Jesus has promised me, where it doesn't control or define me. I want, I want ever increasing you, Lord. I want to turn my life completely over. I don't want the old me. I want a new me in you. I want to be in Christ.
Christ. That's what he's saying. If that would be you, slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. This is a defining moment. This is, you're going to step across the line. God bless you, God. Both of you, right there in the back. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Make this your prayer. Lord, we have done all that we can to improve our life, to manage our past. Lord, we're done. We're turning in repentance from our old ways. And we're turning to you. We're confessing to you. We are receiving your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for dying. Thank you for being our substitute and our Savior. Thank you for washing us clean. Thank you for giving us a life that we could not earn, a life that we could not live otherwise. Lord, thank you. Come in. Be our Lord. Be my Savior. Lord, I want to live with you, following you in this life, out of this life, into eternity, in ever-increasing love, ever-increasing joy, because of what you have done. In Jesus' name, amen.